and action. Our guest today is Donovan uh, Burgess. I hope I'm I'm saying that right. Uh, Burgess, Burgess. exactly. Burgess, Uh, surfer, uh, ex-military, ex, and and a few different things. But uh, I'll I'll let you introduce yourself for those uh, that uh, don't under that don't know you yet. So uh, please uh, tell us who you are and what is it that you do. Yes, Sasha, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a blessing to be here right now. Um, this is, my name is Donovan Burgess, like you said. I am a surfer, um, I'm an entrepreneur, um, a storyteller. Um, and right now, we are um, just biding our time, We're waiting to go back to Nicaragua right now. We run surf camps and we do guided surf trips down. In Nicaragua, um, and that's me and my wife, and we just welcome in our newborn baby son. Yes, congratulations! Three months ago today, so we were celebrating his three months, and he was born on a very special day, um, and that was February twentieth, twenty twenty. So two twenty 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 at eleven fifty five p.m. Um, and. We think that's some special numbers. We think it's a it's an amazing date, and that's why we're up here right now. We came up from Nicaragua to have the baby up here, and so now we're here. And then the the whole coronavirus thing kicked off. So right. um, now, so this is where we're at, and we're we were supposed to leave um, yesterday back to Nicaragua, but you know the borders are closed. So here we are. Yeah. So, what's the situation in Nicaragua? And and by the way, congrats on, on your baby. I I said it, but you were you were talking. Um. So, what is the actual situation right now? Like, is it is it impossible to get in the country? Like, what's your forecast for for the the upcoming months yeah, or the upcoming season? You know, yeah, you're. It's it's impossible right now in some regards um, because all the airlines are shut down. Right. So, you would have to be like sailing in. Their border is open. Um, Costa Rica's border is shut down, they're saying, until the 15th. Nicaragua's border is open. Uh, Honduras, that border is closed, and they don't have a timeline on them. So the airlines are starting to fly back in, they're saying, in July, July 2nd. And so we just got our tickets today. Um, we, we already had tickets, but we had to push them back. So we pushed them back until June, uh, July, the first week of July. Right. We're hoping that... We'll be able to get in at that time and uh, be able to get get surfing. You know, that's like the the whole thing is chasing waves. Right. So, yeah. But we we don't hear much about South America or I guess Central America in these times. Like, is it? Do they even care? I, I did see a little bit of like uh, I know Panama kind of caught on a little late. Uh, that's the right. only bit of information that I had. But other than that, it's, it's, we're talking a lot about, you know, Western countries talking about Brazil, Europe, right. but very little of Central and, and South America, I feel. Yeah, um, from what I know, I mean, they have the, the thing that made the like national news or the mainstream news was one of the Costa Rican sh cops shot at a surfer that was surfing in the water. What? And it, The guy that I know down from um, the very south of Costa Rica, down in the jungle down there, and he's a pro surfer. And evidently, they, they the cop shot like a, a, a 
a shot over, you know, over their head. Like he was showing that he was serious. And so that was all over um, the surfing news and the inertia.com. It was on there. And uh, so that was sort of big news. They closed the beaches down, down there. So for me in my world, it's been news because the surfers in my world, the surfers are, are talking about what places are open and what's closed. Right. Nick Ragua has kept the beaches open. Um, and they've, you know, their numbers for this whole thing are staying low, but at the same rate, they're not testing a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're just getting, you know, you're just getting, um, word of mouth of what's happening. And it's what you're seeing is the same thing sort of everywhere. You have the people are split, right? Some of the people are like the, the world is ending and the other half are like, you, can we just get on and like, like, let's, you know, it's okay. Right. So I think it's just sort of like this, uh, this whole double, this whole thing that's happening all, all over the whole world right now. Right. This whole, uh, misunderstanding, it seems like, right. The divide. Yeah. Well, I guess, and, and it, it is ripe for, uh, speculation, right. It's so, it's so, uh, all encompassing that you can't help but wonder. Um, but let's uh, before we get into that, uh, I, I'd yeah. just like to, to to take one or two steps back. So um, I find you have a really interesting story. So you you started out in the military. You eventually I am started your surf camp. I'm not sure if I'm getting the timeline right, but uh, j just tell us a little bit of, like what is your background, where do you come from, and how yeah, is it that you started? Background. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm originally from Northern California. And I was raised out in the middle of the sticks of Northern California and just on the water. Uh, my parents were sort of uh, were hippies and uh, my dad just showed me how to fish and took me for my first waves in Santa Cruz, California when I was like six or seven years old. Um, I joined the military thinking that I was going to help the world, um, that I was going to help impoverished countries and that uh, I was going to learn about the outdoors and survival. I was uh, fascinated by survival and uh, the wilderness as a kid, as a child, and still as an adult. And so that's really why I, why I joined the military. I didn't join to, uh, be, uh, to do any type of war. If I thought anybody was going to point a weapon at me or if I was going to have to point a weapon at them, I wouldn't have, have joined. I joined, I wanted to be a diver, uh, double O Bravo, and uh, I failed out of that because of my eyesight, but I did well in the military. Um, I was a recruiter. I ended up being a recruiter for a couple years and did very well with that. Um, and part of that story is when I was a recruiter, my roommate, uh, his, my roommate, Coley Pratt, his brother is Chris Pratt, who is uh, a famous actor. He's a movie actor. And at the time, he wasn't this famous guy. He was just on the on the, the show. Uh, he was on the WB. And he would show up. And we had this shitty apartment in Vallejo, California. And he would show up, and he would tell me about how he was going to be, like, the most famous guy. That he was going to be, like, he's going to make the biggest movies. <sighs> and he was going to be on people's 50th, sexiest guys. And... Yeah. He was telling me how he just had given up his possessions, this idea that was given to him, and he started doing what he wanted to do. And one of those things was to go to Hawaii and surf. And so, you know, he had sold all of his possessions, goes to Hawaii, starts surfing. The next thing you know, 
He's on the WV making like $40,000 a month. And he's like, man, you just got to give it up, right? And so that story stuck with me for for years. Mm -hmm. But I was very much in the American dream. Right. And it took me a good, even watching this guy do what he was saying he was going to do, watching him be into these movies and watching his career take off. I, I didn't have my own imagination, you know, it was, you know, go to school, go to high school, go to the, I joined the military because I didn't know what to do. And by this time, I had no imagination for anything else. I'm just in the cycle. And uh, I knew I wanted more. I had to do something more than, than what was given to me. Chris Pratt's story, it struck a chord in me and never being a surfer, I never served Ever. I, my, the first waves I caught as a kid were on a boogie board. And, you know, that, that fascination of going to the jungle or this far off place um, was seemed like such this amazing thing to do. You know, he went to Hawaii. I, I, I found Central America and I started researching that. And at 30 years old or 29 years old, I, I just got rid of everything. Throughout the years, I started getting rid of my stuff and decided. I was going to leave the country, um, no matter what, because I wanted to change. Right? I wanted to change myself as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way I could think about changing myself uh, was getting stronger, was what I knew about. And through the military, I learned about lifting weights. Right? Lift weights and you right. get stronger. And this is how you get better at doing things. And my environment where I was at wasn't... Uh, challenging me in the ways that I needed. And so I felt stagnant. And so I left. I went to Costa Rica and I started surfing. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It, it changed my life similar to the way that it changed Chris, Chris Pat's life, where he started doing the things he wanted to do and I started doing the things that I wanted to do. And uh, part of that was going out to the wilderness, uh, living out in the wilderness for a year, right, with just an ax up in northern Maine. Um, going and, and surfing all these rad places through Central America and traveling down into Mexico um, and starting my own surf camp. Um, so it's just led me down this amazing path by right, going around and traveling and this very awakening path is what's really happened. And so through surfing, um, we now is what we're doing is we're it's, it's doing the same thing. We're using the surfing experience to get the outdoor, big, uh, spreading the Aloha spirit, as it's called, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing um, with that is uh, basically um, reconnecting people through surfing, reconnecting people with nature through surfing. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the whole story is about. It was getting away from society and just going back out into nature, back into uh, the things that, that uh, inspired me. Mm-hmm. And so now... The, the the story moves on and uh, we're up here in Quebec having a family. So <laughs> amazing, I love it. And I, I I there's so many things that I like about what you said. Uh, first of all, just searching for more. And I love how it kind of started out weirdly in the military and went all the way to the surf camp. But the desire kind of was always that basically is to is to look for more and at the beginning you you did not know where to look for it i guess and eventually it just kind of showed itself to you so i like that that whole story how it it pans up so what does your year look like so you're there how how much time do you spend in nicaragua versus wherever else you you spend your time like what is the breakdown Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, it's we're, we, I have a floating schedule. You know, everything is every year is different uh, mm-hmm. for me. Um, whether I want to settle down or not, the universe doesn't allow it to happen. It's it's like okay, this is what I'm going to do, and then there's some type of civil unrest. There's some type of you know, I'm in Nicaragua. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, and the next thing I know, they have basically this huge civil unrest, and I have to leave the country. You know, I have to leave my surf shop and close everything down and uproot everything I did and move to a different country. Right. And, and it's like, you know, I'm there and I'm setting up and doing it again. And I meet, I meet my partner, my life partner. Right. And so now I'm starting family. And so the choice isn't mine. I'm just floating with it. Right. So we're just up here right now. And the coronavirus has, has done that. It, yeah. It's been a blessing to us because I get to spend my time with my family right now. I get to work at the things that I want to do. I get to get online and do the things that I don't do when I'm down Nicaragua teaching surf, hosting these surf camps and surfing, right? I'm doing all these fun things out in the sun, having a blast, doing what I love to do, interacting with people, sharing this passion I have. So it's hard for me to get on the computer sometimes and go build a website yeah. <laughs> and go do these things. And it's like, you know, so now I get to be here. I get to see my family every day. I wake up to them. I don't have to go to work anywhere. I get to work right here online. Um, and so that's a blessing. And we're getting our schedule set uh, for the, the new year. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if, if the borders are going to open up and people are going to be able to travel. We don't, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we're planning on being down there in July. We're going to be down there for the season. Um, we're going to make it till September We'll be back up to market, and then we're back in for the busy season for us down there, which is December and January, where we get all the North Americans, we get the Canadians coming down, trying to beat winter, and coming to this you know, affordable paradise. We're there when it's the best time to mm-hmm. have our clients down there. Right. We're not there if, if you know, it's flat or if it's a rainy season, even if it's a better time to make money. We're not going to, we don't run tours or camps that are in a bad season. We're always in the best time possible. I love how uh, the, the whole, this whole mentality of just letting things go uh, and, and just giving up control of what are the current circumstances and just really surfing with wow. it in, in, in every kind of way. I, I, I love how it all kind of ties together into that scene. Um, but yeah, speaking of, of, all this uh, current control and everything, you do have uh, certain, you know, views and about what's going on right now that I do find are kind of interesting and, and I guess uh, out there or alternative or not necessarily what the mainstream is about. And I would like you to, to kind of just share what you think is currently going on and what do you think is, is, is actually happening uh, either behind the scenes or right in front of us? I don't know anything, right? That's that's something right. that I've learned, and I've I've heard it multiple times from different philosophers. But uh, the first time I think I heard it was Alan Watts was talking about it and saying that, you know, one of the the highest form of saying I love you is to say I don't know, right? Because you know, like, what do we know? We we just don't know. My yeah. perspective. The one thing that I know is that my perspective always changes. And I didn't learn this. I didn't know that I was under an illusion, that I was living 
multiple lies, lies upon lies that I didn't even know were there um, until I started on this journey, right? Until I decided I was going to go in, until my goals changed from accomplishment of owning things, of, um, of being of some type of uh, uh, accomplishment in my parents' eyes or my friends' eyes or the things that I own, my goals changed to loving myself no matter what. Those were my goals. I wanted to have good relationships in my life because I'd seen that that was the true value of life, right? So uh, I had to, I wanted to do those things. And the story of Jesus always fascinated, right? He just is like, just takes off on his own. And he goes out and he says to, if you want enlightenment, that you should give up your possessions and you should allow the universe to provide for you. And so this really fascinated me as a child. Yeah, I think it's part of what um, put me into the survival world, learning about living off the land and things. And so I, I, I love that story. And so when I wanted to change, right, I wanted to go and do something different, just like leaving the country, I couldn't do it. Right? Like, what was stopping me from going down there and living this life? I want to go. I want to go live in the jungle somewhere on this beautiful paradise, and drink cheap beer and and live this great life that I've that I've heard about. Why can't I do that? Why right. can't I get up and just walk out the door and go to the next town? And so that got me thinking. Why can't I do this? Well, I have debt. I have this. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm in control. This stuff is in control of me. You know that my possessions are keeping me from doing what I want to do. So I started striving for poverty, right? Because I wanted to go try this. If, if, if enlightenment is there, Buddha talked about it, Jesus talked about it, all these great people are like, give up your shit and you're going to find the kingdom of heaven is right here. Well, if I can't do it, I can definitely see there's, there's something holding me back. Mm -hmm. So let me continue. It just itched at me. So it took me years of talking about it. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Costa Rica. I start selling my stuff, you know, and I go on this journey. And I had finally worked up the courage to go out into northern Maine and walk out and, and live out there uh, and uh, attain it, uh, like live out there for a year, you know, and do sections of times living out in the wilderness. And these were moments that I started having mystical experiences, right? I'm doing fasting, I'm living by like native way, and I start having these experiences. I start seeing life differently. I start seeing that I'm some shell of a person, that I have this ego, right, that's there. And it's living these lives, I was living lives that I didn't even, uh, that I just were so embedded in me that I didn't know that I was living them, right? I was just living them. And it was Simple things, parts of stories, right? Like books I read. Like I go out to the wilderness and I realize right away that I'm not the survival guy that I thought I All of a sudden, it's different than reading a book and going camping than going out in the wilderness and having nowhere to go, right? You hear that I go up now, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. There's no going to hotel sticks. There's, you know, there's not a, a, a calling somebody, right? I'm having this experience and now I'm scared in the woods. Shit, okay, now I have to deal with myself. And so right away, the illusions fall away. And if that illusion is there, what else? It started perking my interest. What else have I 
lying to myself about? What else am I, am I keeping from myself? So um, I continued on that path of giving, putting the faith into just the reality, right? Into, into this world and just allowing it to take care of me. And it's been a process. It's been, it's just not as easy as getting up and giving your possessions away. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember living, I've lived in an RV, I've lived in a truck now, and I lived in vans. And I started doing that before there was this cool van life thing going on. You know, it, was like, <laughs> it wasn't cool, but it, it used to be you're just a bum, but now it's actually you know, a cool thing. <laughs> the van down by the river. Yeah. And you know, moving to the RV for me was such a huge decision in my life. I was crying. It was crying because I didn't want to be a long-haired hippie. I never had long hair, right? I was in the military, short hair. I didn't want to be a long-haired hippie. I thought I was never going to get laid again. So I was like, oh, man, what are my friends are going to think of me? That's concerning. But what I was doing is I had the decision. It was like, I want to, my goal in life became to love myself completely. And part of that was doing the things that I wanted to do, following, because they call it my, my path of joy. And part of that was, I found surfing at 30, you know, in Costa Rica. And I find that, and I'm back in California, and I have the choice. Do I continue surfing? Do I maybe go and get a, a vehicle to live in so I can continue surfing at, at Santa Cruz? Or do I go back to work, you know, running heavy machinery, making the money, get back in the group? And the easy answer was go make the money. Like, go make mm-hmm. the money, go be the man, take care of your stuff, take care of your debt, don't be a bum. And it took, you know, crying. And, you know, I, I thought I would never recover from this. But one of the greatest things I did was move to that RV, get into an RV. And it, it, it just, like, it liberated me. And then it was like a, it was a, a truck after that. And then a van. And I drove down to Nicaragua. And then it was like, you know, I'm just going to walk out. I'm, I'm going to walk down the coast of California with no money to see what happens. And... I found that homelessness was a disease, that there was no way that I could go sleep on the street. If I wanted to sleep on the street, I had to force myself to go sleep on the street. I couldn't do it. Like somebody would come up and like, what are you doing? Like, come with me. Like, let's go. Like these people that are there are sick. You know, they're, they're suffering in such terrible ways that they're, it's really a call for help. Um, but yeah, you gain this perspective. So I guess I'm telling you all the story to, to come to this perspective of what's happening today. There is this divide between, you know, this is the greatest thing that could have happened to us. And yeah, I mean, the on the other side is like everything that we've, that is good about people, that's the thing, is, is kind of being shattered. So it's not like uh, everything's bad is leaving. It's like, you know, social interactions. It's, it's like, you know, just having conversations with strangers, things that are kind of uniting. The perspective isn't, we have to remember the things that we are losing in that and not just think about, you know, the, like you said, the unicorns and the rainbows, you know? Yeah, to to truly what is happening. And it's like, it's not in the future, it's happening. We've been, we've been locked down. That's the, that's the facts of it. And we're being censored. Um, and, you know, there, it doesn't matter what the information is, we're openly being censored now at this point. And, and so, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a, to me, that's sort of scary, right? 
it, it's easy to get scared with this stuff, right? Like, are we going to, are they going to open the borders again, right? They just keep pushing this thing over and it's like, oh, we're going to go this next day. And, and you know, this, in the, in the, in the next stage is turned political, right? It's turned into um, a left and right wing thing. And uh, it's beyond, it's beyond that. Times are changing. That's for sure. Right? Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the future holds for us. Um, and I think the best that we can do, though, is to not go along with the fear that is being propagated on both sides. The far, you know, either if it's left or right, and, and a lot of the fear. And that's what we can control. And we can control our present moment. And continue to work on these, you know, work on things that we want to work on and focus on the things that we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. It's up to us to how we want to see it. You know, you're exactly right. It's how do, how do we want to see it? You know, is it just, is it destructive at one level? It is. And is it that, that at one level? Is it this separation or fighting at one level? It is. But ultimately, it's for our greater good, right? It's our evolutional process in, in this whole thing. Um, and that's sort of how I see it. Yet it's still very easy to get caught up in these, uh, uh, getting caught up with arguments and people's emotions that are happening. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to focus on giving people the space to just be who they are, right? Just speak what they know. And that's what I think is cool. Out of all, all these conversations I get, I hear there's so many people saying the same thing. They're saying, I don't know everything. A lot mm -hmm. of people are saying that, like, I don't know the full facts of everything. Something doesn't seem right. And no and, one does, right? Because, and, I mean, as as much as if you were, you know, f either a conspiracy theorist or a person that's, like, hard-bent on listening to every single word the government says, I think in both cases you're kind of wrong, like, no matter what you're you're, you're looking at because you, you don't have the full picture and you're as crazy to think uh, that everything that – you know, you, uh, the government says is true as much as listening and believing in everything a, a person on, on YouTube is saying, you know, it's kind of, right. it's two, two sides of the same coin. Right. You have like all these people that are taking in and it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter the reality that happens. They take and filter that reality to fit their reality. It doesn't matter if, if it's scientific evidence, it doesn't matter what it said. They take that information, they see what they want to see and turn it into however that fits their narrative, mm -hmm. right? Because, right, as, as I learned going out through this process that I was living under this disguise, right? This illusion, this program that was given to me early on in life. The same program I learned about in recruiting, and in the recruiting command, when I went to the recruiting school in the Army, I, was, uh, I had recently wrecked a motorcycle, and they were going to kick me out of the Army. I wasn't ready to get out of the Army quite yet. And so I started making phone calls, and I made a phone call to the, the command. Next thing you know, I'm talking to the general of the recruiting command. And he's like, if you can convince me that you can do this, like, you can do this, then... I'm going to change the military law. I'm going to write the SOP, change the standard operating procedure to allow you to come along to the school. All right. 
So here I am as like an E4 with a bunch of E6s. I'm the youngest dude going through and I graduate like top of my class. <laughs> I learned these simple tricks. Now, I didn't know what they were teaching me at first, that they were showing us how to get people to say yes when they really meant to say no. They were showing us how to take, it was basic and simple hypnotization they were teaching us, but they weren't calling it hypnotization, mm -hmm. right? How to guide the conversation to where you want to go, how to take somebody and lead them to where you want them to sit, how to ask them questions to get them to start saying things in a certain way, and then how to close them, how to close these people. And it works. This, it, it's and it works, and it's why it works, is why I found out this worked later in life, is as I was reading hypnotization books, and I'm learning about myself and the strengths of myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. they're teaching me how to tap in to this programming that's already been fed, right? I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I see this, right? This is a, a programming that's already there. Right. So, yeah. So I see this. And so, like I said, as I started experimenting without money, I also see this at this illusion that was there, this programming that I want to call it, that was, that was given to me at a very young age. Uh, it's a comparison type of programming is what I, I call it. It's the opposite of love, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just had a child. So I know like you have the child, there's no love that you can compare it to the child. Like you just love the child. It, it doesn't matter that my family came out and ears folded over. It's like, you just love them. And I, I can understand why parents have children that have mental dis disabilities. They don't care. They just see their child for what it is. It's a all encompassing love. There's no comparison. It's just their child. And the first thing they do to us very young age is take us out of that environment, that loving environment and start comparing us in all these different ways. And they do it in a, in a systematic way, I find. And it's just like, and it works. If 12 years of constantly comparing yourself in a multitude of ways with a bunch of different strangers constantly every day, just every day, and then they mix you up and do it again, they mix you up, they do it again, they mix it, and they just, it's just constant. And so that constant judgment happens. And this constant need to feed this wrong and rightness, this wrong and right thing, to feed the the illusion that one is living in that they don't know that's there we have no idea that it's there because we're just doing what was told to us we never got outside to think outside the box we're just following what's been said and, and being good at it and so then we're in these positions where it's it's about trump or being democratic or being left or being right and i gotta prove this position of wrong and rightness and it creates this huge amount of anxiety. Well, it's so stupid that it's like a binary choice, right? Like how is one choice gonna be all encompassing into every single belief and every single like thing that that could possibly happen? I find it's such a childish way to, to think about things, whether it's positive, whether it's politics or, or anything else that you just put all your beliefs in a box of yes or no and as if there was no overlap, as if the other side was completely wrong, you were completely right, and there's no gray zone. When we know that in, in life, there's always a gray zone, there's always an in-between, there's always even the most disgusting things, you can find some things that are right in them, and mm -hmm. even in the best things, you you know, like the 
what is it like hell is paved with good intentions or you right. know like so so it's it, it goes both ways and it's crazy to think that one can have all the answers one can be the almighty righteousness of of everything basically so i think that's kind of what where you're you're, you're trying to get to yeah absolutely um and so so keeping on on your uh, on your life so what is it like right now what is your main goal like what what kind of impact do you want to to have like in in the coming years what is it that you're 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 striving for as a human being oh that's a great question um lately is is what i is what i do is um i write my goals down and then i draw them i draw them out um and i put them we make them into artwork at times a lot of times i have them posted up next to the, the light switch, something like that. But we've been moving around so much and uh, we don't have all of our artwork right here. But um, my number one goal um, right now was to be humble. That was my number one goal. And, uh, and I drew this out and it's more than just being humble. Um, it's it's more, more than that. Uh, this idea of being humble is, um, you know, I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a son, uh, I'm a husband, right? I'm a teacher. Um, and there's all these, I'm a warrior at one level, right? And, uh, um, you know, on a spiritual path at another level. And so there's all these things that are happening. And to be humble in the process has been my number one goal lately. And that is just, I think to me, is recognizing, and, and what I mean by being humble is, recognizing the the oneness in all of us the sameness in all of us and the more that that resonates in my life the more that that is comes out of my life um the more um the more the more i feel connected into this life these moments of these amazing moments that i get these I call it the, the these mystical moments, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you've ever done psychedelics, it's like psychedelics. If you've ever done fasting, you get these moments yeah. that are just like, oh my gosh, you get connected in. Right. And um, this is what happens through these things of being present and these moments happen and you're present for them. And you have these, these just natural things going on. So um, that's it, to be humble, to see this oneness that's happening. And, and the best way to do that is being thankful uh, for, for what I have. And so those are, are the deals just being, uh, working every day at just being right here. Um, and, and, it, and it's practice because even during this time there was, you know, there's nights where I'm standing up and I'm like, Shit, I knew that this was happening 10 years ago. What's next? You know, is, is it, you know, you know, and I'm allowing that fear to get a hold and to go. And it's like, you know what? No, it's okay. You know, we could work. We just breathe through the, there's we're working through this this is just going to make us stronger this is just making me stronger you know so to be humble amazing there's so I'm many right now. That's that that could you know that that if more people were humble we would definitely live in a better world uh in so many regards and in so many places so i think to teach humility is a, a, a great and thanks donovan i mean so many insights into what you say uh that that can definitely help people go forward in in their own particular path so 
I really, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you and 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 having all these little gems here and there of of insights that you you've had through your path and and your 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 path of self transformation. Um, where is it that people can can find you? How can uh, people get to the waves in uh, in Nicaragua this year? But yeah, we're running these surf camps down in Nicaragua, um, and we're hosting. It's for anybody. You don't have to be a surfer. This is from if you want to do a vacation and you want to come and see Costa Rica or Nicaragua. Um, this is it's a great way to come see to see the countryside, see the sights, and um, get an authentic experience. You get to get this experience from from me. It's an inter- I, I introduce you to all the cool people and all of my friends that I've been meeting, building these great relationships for like the last 10 years. So I know all the little hidden secret spots. I know all the locals. And um, I get to bring people down and show them this paradise. And I love it. I take a lot of pride in it. And it's such a magical thing. Um, as I was t- talking about going to the wilderness, right, like going and walking without money down the coast of California, is what I found is surfing can do some of these things that take months of going out to the wilderness to take a, a, a weeks of fasting, right, or taking a large dose of psychedelics, you can get the same experience as surfing from Mm -hmm. one wave, right? And we call that the Aloha spirit. And for the surfers out there that have caught in waves and stuck with it, they know what I'm talking about. And so we share this experience and this whole lifestyle with people and we spread the Aloha spirit. We do it right now mainly out of Magnific Rock, Nicaragua. It's on the Emerald Coast, it's beautiful. You guys can learn more about what we do um, by going to liquidsessionssurf.com. It's a website. I built that whole website myself. Um, We got some new stuff that are coming up. Um, And also Instagram, Facebook, Liquid Sessions, Surf, you'll find us, YouTube. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you can see the pictures up there and the stories of, of what we're doing. We have a bunch of new content coming out too and a whole new marketing plan that we're doing um, that involves traveling North America once they open the borders up. Mexico and North America in, well, I don't want to share too much, but amazing a traveling, a traveling surf wagon and we're going to, to really spread the liquid session surf and the love and uh, really get some great content as we're taking our family to all these great surf breaks and these great places like in Canada, Quebec, and and uh, Montreal and whatnot. Amazing, Donovan. Well, definitely we will uh, keep an eye on and uh, looking forward for when this mess is is all over to to connect more with uh, Good Vibe people and uh, Liquid Sessions. Thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, definitely insightful. Uh, you you were the perfect candidate for this alternative lifestyle thing that we're trying to to, to to go on. And once again, your insights are definitely something to learn for uh, no matter where you are in your life. So thank you, sir, for being part of this show. And we'll definitely keep in touch and uh, have a beer soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. And, um, you know, you'll be down, you know, hopefully you'll be uh, bringing your crew down and checking it out, you know, it will uh, get you guys up in the waves. 100% my man, for sure. It is a guarantee. It's not if, but when. So uh, definitely looking forward to it, my man. Thank you so much.